Hey, good morning, FCF. Uh, good to be with you this morning. And this is our last message in the series we call The Pathway to Wholeness. And the basis of the series was this, is that each human being, whether we're aware of it or unaware of it, we're always pursuing happiness. We're pursuing it at the highest level that we can possibly experience it. And yet we tend to think that our happiness, call it joy, call it uh, you know sense of well-being, fulfillment, whatever, we tend to think it's based on having external circumstances the way that we need them to be. And what we've said throughout this series is here's the truth. It is not what happens to us from the outside. It's not what happens to us that determines the quality of our life, but it is what happens in us. And so we've been going little by little on this pathway toward wholeness because the truth is there are certain toxic conditions that find their way into our lives and until those toxic conditions are surfaced and resolved it really wouldn't matter if we had the best conditions the best circumstances imaginable we would still find ourselves uh, struggling inside we still wouldn't have that that highest happiness that human beings want so we're going to close today with a message that I'm calling from frustration to fulfillment. Uh, I want to read you a definition first to start with. Definition of frustration. It says frustration is the feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of an inability to change or to achieve something. A feeling of dissatisfaction, often accompanied by anxiety or depression, resulting from unfulfilled needs or unresolved problems. Well, we probably didn't need that definition. We're all kind of familiar with it. But frustration is not a comfortable emotional feeling. It's not something that we like. It's not something we enjoy. Essentially, if you really wanted to shrink it down, something is happening that we don't want to happen or something we want we can't acquire. Now, I want to give you a definition as well of fulfillment. Fulfillment, a feeling of pleasure because you're getting what you want from life. Fulfillment is a feeling of happiness and satisfaction. The achieving of something desired, promised, or predicted. Satisfaction or happiness as a result of fully developing one's abilities or character. So we want to take a journey on this pathway to wholeness today in this last message from frustration to fulfillment. And by uh, getting our minds into the place where this is going to be personally meaningful to us, I, I want you to uh, imagine in your mind, and I hope we'll be able to actually show you on screen, a meter. And this is your, you know, your frustration to fulfillment meter. You know, on one side you have frustration, on the other side you have fulfillment, in between you have a needle. I know it's hard to do just quickly like this, but if you were to rate yourself the best that you can, and it's really hard to be objective about ourselves, where would you fall on that meter? You know, would you be right in the middle between frustration and fulfillment? Would you be pretty much down the low end, right laying dead on frustration? You're frustrated most of the time. Would you be laying dead on fulfillment? You're very fulfilled. You know, where would you be on the frustration to fulfillment meter? Because what we want to do and what the Spirit of God wants to do more importantly, He wants to show you and I how to get onto a path, into a process that will be moving us progressively, steadily from frustration uh, toward fulfillment so that fulfillment becomes a norm even in this life. So 
We're going to cover a lot of ground, but I want to start by taking you to the book of Philippians. And uh, before I get reading, I'm going to read you, you know, give you a little bit of background. When the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians, he had been a follower of Christ for many, many years, over two decades. And he was now imprisoned, and the imprisonment lasts about two years. Now imagine how you would feel, how I would feel, if we were suddenly arrested, but the only thing that we had done was talk to people about Christ. That's it. Uh, you know, we have been born in a country where we have the luxury of free speech and so forth, but there are parts of the world right to this day that you dare not speak openly about Christ or you might be like Paul in prison. So he's imprisoned in Rome and he tells us in this book of Philippians, he doesn't know if he's going to be uh, released or not. He acknowledges he may be executed. So that's his condition. He's in prison because essentially he's done nothing but the right thing, tell people the truth about God and the truth about life. He might even be executed for this. There's an awful lot of ground there uh, for most people, for most of us probably, to be very frustrated. Suddenly your, your freedom has been taken from you. You're, you're being charged with things that are so ridiculous. You know all you're doing and all you're wanting to do is good and yet you're being uh, accredited as an evildoer. You may even wonder, you may even wonder, you know, why is God allowing such a thing to happen? So you can see where the frustration will come in. But when you listen to the guy's words through the whole book of Philippians, and I urge you to read it on your own, he couldn't be further from frustration. He talks about joy. He talks about rejoicing. And I'm going to just pick up reading in the final chapter in Philippians 4. And I'm going to start in verse 10. He's writing to the Philippians now. He, remember, he's in jail in Rome. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. Notice he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need. Listen carefully, folks. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, because I am, excuse me, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. What a mouthful. I have learned he says, I'm not in need. He remind you, he's arrested. He doesn't know if he's going to live or die. He says, I've learned to be content in any circumstance. He doesn't stop there. He says in verse 12, I know what it is to be in need. He's saying, I, I know what it is to do without. I know what it is to have needs that are not fulfilled. I know what it is to have wants and desires that, that are not met. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. I've been initiated into the secret of being content in any and every, any and every, notice that, situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Here's this servant of God saying there, there were times when he literally didn't have food. He went hungry. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. We talked about that before, needs not met. And then he says in verse 13, these words, he says, I can do everything. I can do everything. I can face anything. I can endure anything. I can, I can make it work. I can be content. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Other translations come right out and say, through Christ who gives me strength. So here's this guy um, incarcerated, uncertain of whether he's going to be executed. And he's saying, you know, Philippians, I'm glad you thought about me, you know, and you're praying for me and you sent some relief, some financial relief and so forth. He says, but honestly, I, didn't need, I don't need anything. I've learned to be content in any and every circumstance. This is a fulfilled man. He, he is utterly fulfilled. 
He's fulfilled in prison. He says, I know what it is to have plenty. And I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have wants, desires, unfulfilled wants, unfulfilled desires. And I, I've learned in those circumstances too, I've learned to be content. What's your secret, Paul? What's the secret of your fulfillment? It's Christ. He says, I, I've learned that I can be strengthened sufficiently by Christ, whatever my circumstances, that I can be content. Content, fulfilled. I'm kind of expanding on that idea. So I, I want to start by just asking a few simple questions. And the first is this. Why do we experience frustration now? I mean, what, why do we experience frustration at all? There, there has to be something behind it. You know, animals don't appear to experience frustration. Um, we do. So why can we get into such a, a terrible emotional state that we call it frustration and we all know what it feels like. Well, I want to give you a few ideas that I think are, are right on target scripturally. And the first I'm going to call it's because of something that I'm calling spiritual disorientation. Spiritual disorientation. Let me read you a verse from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 20. This is the God's Word translation. It says, Creation was subjected to frustration. There's our word. Creation was subjected to frustration, but not by its own choice. The one who subjected it to frustration did so in hope. This is referring way back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve broke trust with God and because they wanted to be like God themselves. And God, remember, He put a curse on the earth. It sounded like it was angry punishment. It was not angry punishment. This is what this is referring to. God was trying to teach us a lesson that when we don't live the way we were designed, in union with our Creator, dependent upon Him for provision and protection and order, Inevitably, things break down, so he started making weeds grow as well as plant life grow. And man all of a sudden would have to labor hard to get his livelihood, and women would have pain in pregnancy. He was trying to let man know, it won't work. Life can't work without me, so I'm going to give you little lessons that are going to be so powerful, maybe they will awaken you to your desperate need of me, your Creator. And this spiritual disorientation is expressed today in a lot of different ways. What person doesn't occasionally have this realization, something is just wrong with life? So something is wrong with the world? I mean, there's just something not right. Why is it so hard? I mean, why are people so crazy? Why am I so crazy? Why does it have to be the way it is? I mean, who am I? Where did I come from? Why are we here? What's going on? Something just isn't right. Spiritual disorientation. It's the result of not being acquainted with our Creator. Not, let me rephrase that. Not being sufficiently uh, acquainted with our Creator. And it's disorienting spiritually. And that causes frustration. We're frustrated. Something's wrong. Something's not working right. Life's too hard. It shouldn't be this way. Something just needs to be fixed is the sense we have. Now that leads to a second, a second thing, and I'm going to call it unreasonable expectations. And unreasonable expectations, like spiritual disorientation, they, they cause frustration. What do you mean by unreasonable expectations? Well, if you really assess yourself as a human being, if I assess myself, if you look at human beings, 
we have multiple level desires. We are not simple creatures. We might be easy to please for a short season, but we are really, really hard to satisfy ultimately. We have multi-level needs, multi-level desires. You can't just feed somebody and house them and necessarily mean that they're going to be fulfilled and joyful and at peace and so forth. No, no, no. They have mental needs, emotional needs, imaginary need, uh, their imagination needs stimulating. They, they have recreational needs. We can go on and on and on. We have multiple needs. Now, we tend to also have unrealistic expectations that these needs will be fulfilled and they'll be fulfilled to the level that we want them to be fulfilled. We, we have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations about simple things every day. We just expect, you know, people are going to be nice because we're going to be nice to them. People are going to be fair because we're going to be fair to them. People are going to be just because we're going to be just to them. <laughs> and, and that, my friend, unless you don't know it already, is an unrealistic expectation. There's just too much evidence that that's not always the way life works. I had a funny thing happen to me years ago. I was going down the highway, going down 270. This car was in front of me, and I kept noticing it do the, the dozy drift. You know, it kept drifting off, hitting the gravel, the gravel flying up, and then it would cut back on. And I was like, man, this guy's falling asleep. He, he's going to kill himself or kill somebody else. So, you know, me, Dudley Do-Right, to do-gooder, I go racing up beside this guy, and I'm honking my horn because I want to wake him up. You know, he's going off the road, and I get right beside him where he can see me and I can see him, and he gives me the crazy eye, and at that point, I see rage flash across this guy's face. He veers back onto the road, and now the maniac who I was trying to save his life He's trying to chase me and run me off the road, and, and we're in a death race for miles going down 270. So we sometimes expect, hey, people are going to be nice to me because I'm nice to them. They're going to be fair, but that's an unrealistic expectation. These unrealistic expectations create frustration. Why don't you understand me? I want to understand you. Why don't you treat me the way I treat you? You know, we could go on and on, but we have desires that go so much deeper. You've heard me say this some of you many a time. If you, if you allow yourself to probe the depths of your heart, you will find that within you there are longings that nothing in this world can supply. The truth is you want perfect health. You want perfect relationships. You want a world of perfect love. You want everybody to be cared for, loved, healthy. You want every day to be beautiful. You want the weather to be perfect. You don't want a world where there's any such thing as pain or sickness or sorrow or death or heartbreak or betrayal or hatred or prejudice. You don't want any of it. That desire is in you. You know why? Because you and I are designed in the image of our Creator. And we have desires that nothing in this world can meet. And that leaves us feeling this way where we're just frustrated. We're frustrated. The third thing that brings us frustration in this life is something I'm going to call functional confusion. And by functional confusion, because we're designed in the image of God, we have this need for life to work. Listen to these words from the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, who was supposedly the wisest man that ever lived, he says this. He says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Surely the fate of human beings is like that of animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so dies the other. Everything is meaningless. Solomon looked at life and he assessed, he said, you know, life, I have this desire in me. I, I want life to be 
progressively getting better. I want it to be moving toward a happy ending. We all like happy endings. He says, but the reality is there's no happy ending here. It doesn't matter how hard I work. It doesn't matter what I amass. It doesn't matter what I achieve. It doesn't matter how much I learn. It's all going to ultimately deteriorate and death is going to steal it all. Something is terribly wrong. It is the ultimate frustration. Everything in a human being wants to live. When we are healthy and in our right mind, we want to live. And yet death is the ultimate frustrator because everything that you've worked for, everything that you dreamed of, everything that you accomplished, you're going to let it go. You're not going to take any of it with you. And this brings tremendous frustration upon us as human beings. Now these are just some of the things that bring us frustration, but I don't think that we need a whole lot of uh, help in recognizing the things that occur every day. But unrealistic or unreasonable expectations are a big part of it. We, we don't get what we want and then we're frustrated. Functional confusion. Life is not moving toward a nice ending. We're, we're not sure all the time of what our roles and relationships and responsibilities are. We're not sure that life has meaning and we want functional order. We, we want life to matter. We want it to have meaning. We want it to be moving somewhere that ends well, but we have functional confusion because death just seems to spoil everything. And we can't see on the other side of that grave. When that life force goes out, we don't know. Our senses, our eyes, our ears, our, our mouth, our nose, our sense of touch, we don't know what happens to a human being. Now, we know from Scripture what happens, but the average person is, is in a state of frustration because death, after they work their whole life, they retire and then shortly afterward life is over. So these are some of the reasons that we experience frustration, but now I want to turn my attention to how can we experience fulfillment. So here we have these frustrating factors in life. The world is not the way it should be. We have spiritual disorientation. We have unreasonable expectations. We have functional confusion. So how do we get onto the path that will bring us to a place of fulfillment? Paul found it. He found it in a jail cell in Rome, uncertain of his execution. Therefore, God wants you, wants me to find this path of fulfillment as well. The only way, the only way that we can step onto this path of progressive fulfillment is we have to have sufficient answers for each of these problems that I mentioned earlier. So for spiritual disorientation, what we need is something I'm calling unequivocal confidence. Instead of being unacquainted and unacquainted and unfamiliar with our Creator, we, we need unequivocal confidence in Him. We need rock-solid confidence in Christ our Creator. We need unshakable confidence. We need such confidence in Jesus that regardless what happens in life, Paul was in a prison cell unsure of his execution and he was solid. He was not questioning God. He was not crying for God to intervene. He was just graciously awaiting. And so we need unequivocal confidence in God. Let me read you a verse that is from this same Apostle Paul at the end of his life, after serving Jesus for 32 years, he knows now Nero is indeed going to execute him. He's in jail once again, and he's awaiting his execution. Listen to these words. He's writing to Timothy, and he says, This is why I'm suffering here in prison, but I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard whatever I've entrusted to him until the day of his return. Paul 
at the end of his life, when he was facing execution, he tells Timothy, he says, listen, I know whom I've trusted. And I know that everything I've trusted him, Paul's meaning his soul, he's meaning his ministry, he's meaning his entire life that he has invested in service to Jesus. He has no regrets. He's not looking back and saying, oh man, I never got to do my bucket list. No, 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 no. He's not thinking that way at all. And that's why he could say, I've learned to be content in any and every situation because he had an unequivocal confidence in Christ his Creator. Folks, God has revealed Himself sufficiently to you and to me through His Word, and His Spirit is waiting to take that revelation as soon as we dig in and get serious about studying this marvelous book we call the Bible. God has given us sufficient revelation that our trust, our confidence in real time, in any and every circumstance, can be so rock solid that we can have unequivocal confidence in Jesus no matter what circumstance we are in. And that's one of the formulas, that's, that's part of the equation, if you want to look at it like that, that moves us onto this pathway to fulfillment, from frustration to fulfillment. The second thing we need, and this is a really big one, we need contextual clarity. By contextual clarity, I mean this. There's certain things in this life that God says we should be all about, we should be focused on, we should give attention to, and we should expect. Our expectations need to be adjusted to what God says in His Word we can expect in this life. But then He says we ought to have expectations for a different realm, a different life, and we're to have both of these uh, causing some balance within our soul. Let, let me share some scripture with you on this. In the book of 2 Corinthians, the same Apostle Paul is writing, and he's writing in chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. He says, So no wonder we don't give up, for even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles. Listen to that again. He's talking about his whole life. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. Here's the two contexts. There's the troubles we experience in this little tiny era called time, and then there's eternity. Paul says we look at our troubles in the light of eternity. He doesn't end there. He goes on to say this, We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. So Paul had contextual clarity. He understood there was this context called time right now where nothing is perfect, where Satan is loose, there's sin, sorrow, sickness, pain, and death, where those that are righteous followers of Jesus sometimes end up like him in jail, incarcerated unjustly, experiencing all kind of unjust treatment in this life. But he's saying that if you look at the sufferings, the hardships that are so short-lived in this life compared to eternity, he says that they don't compare. And he says, plus, when we go through the difficulties, when we go through the discomforts, when we go through the unjust treatment in this life, and we're faithful to God, and we're, we're kind as we can be toward those that are mistreating us, 
Here he says this, this blesses us forever. This will cause some kind of a reward context. This, this will qualify us for things in eternity because we have shown our character to be proven. We are, we are committed to Christ and committed to righteousness and committed to love regardless of how people or circumstance treats us. It doesn't stop there. Let me read you this. He gives us what are realistic expectations then for this life. Contextual clarity. It's important for fulfillment. The same apostle writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. He says, But godliness with contentment, that's contentment fulfillment, godliness with contentment is great gain. Why, Paul? Why, why is that? For we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. Now listen carefully. What is an, a realistic expectation in this world, in this life, even if you're a loyal follower of Christ? Verse 8. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Contextual clarity. Paul says, look, I know in eternity, the deepest desires of my heart will be mine forever and ever and ever. That's the place where my deepest heart desires will be fulfilled. That's the context. I need contextual clarity. Those desires I have now cannot be fulfilled in this life. It's too short. It's too difficult. Paul says, in this life, be realistic. This life is about mission. It's about character formation. It, it is about becoming who God meant me to become and doing what He meant me to do. And Paul says, all things considered, th in this life, as long as you have sufficient food and clothing, he's saying, if you have, if you have shelter and substance to survive until your mission is done, Paul says, I've learned that's enough to be content with that. That's a realistic expectation of a child of God, a servant of God in this life. Anything we have above that, that's just, just you know, a bounty. That's just an extraordinary gift. So if I can adjust my expectations correctly, I find contentment and fulfillment much easier to come by. But if I want more than what God has promised to me in this life, I will be frustrated. I might even start to become angry at God. I might even start to consider walking away from God altogether. But Paul's in a prison cell and he's, he's saying, I've learned to be content in any and every circumstance. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this path of fulfillment, it calls for unequivocal confidence in God. It calls for contextual clarity. And then the third thing, it calls for experiential convictions. Paul said in Philippians 4, he said, I know by experience what it is to have plenty. I know what it is to have God meet my needs abundantly. And then he said, I also know what it is to be in want. I know what it is, he says, that sometimes God does not give me what I want, what I feel like I need, and sometimes I have to go with, with some lean times. He says, I, I've learned, I've been in each experience. And because he had been in each experience, he knew by his own experience, Christ, reliance on Christ, communing with Christ, trusting Christ, serving Christ, making Christ known to others, that that, that was enough. He had learned to be content in any and every situation. Why? Because he had been in any and every situation, grabbed hold of Christ in that situation, and that gave him tremendous confidence and tremendous fulfillment. What if, what if sometimes, maybe during this COVID time, what, what if you and I are in that season of want? We are in that season of lack. 
we are in that season of deprivation. We, we are in that season that no American ever likes, where, where we're taking steps back instead of steps forward, where we're having to, to retool and rethink and recalibrate, and we're, we're, we're just in kind of a disoriented state. What if that is God's purpose so that we can find the sufficiency of Christ in even a season that we wouldn't like or choose, but we won't know His sufficiency until we're in that season and lean into Him, trust in Him, and then we experience, you know what? All my life I was prisoner thinking, I needed this, I needed that, I had to have the other. If I didn't have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, if I didn't accomplish this, if this dream wasn't fulfilled, if that wasn't happening, that I could never enjoy life as is. And then you go without those things and you find, you know what? Now that life is kind of stripped down and kind of in certain areas, all I have is Christ, we shrug our shoulders and say, I would have never figured it. But Christ turns out to be enough. And that's why Paul had fulfillment. And he could say that he had learned by experience. He had been initiated in to be completely content in any and every circumstance. The only way that I can learn to be completely content in any and every circumstance is I've got to go through that circumstance. And I've got to go through it clinging to Christ, being faithful to Him, faithful to His Word, obedient to His calling in my life in a good season and a bad season and everything in between. It's when I actually do this that I get freed up. I'm, I'm not so afraid of circumstantial change anymore. What, what do we say through this entire series, Pathway of Wholeness? It is not what happens to us that determines the quality of our life and happiness. It is what happens in us. Paul was saying, here I am in a, in a you know, Roman cell, two years long, unjustly. I might be executed, but I've learned to be content in any and every situation. I can, listen to the confidence of his words in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. That is the pathway to wholeness. That is the secret of fulfillment. So, the question, I guess, that we come down to is this. When you did that little needle earlier, you know, are you way over here to the frustration level, way over here to the fulfillment level, somewhere in between? Well, the Spirit of God wants to keep us moving toward the fulfillment level. The fulfillment level, first of all, it's the delight of our Father in heaven to see His children fulfilled. And here's the thing we've got to get out of our head as long as we're saying, if only. If you say it, if I say it, if we say, if only, if only my circumstances were different, if only that person was different, if only I would have made that decision in my past, if only, if only, if only, if only my boss were different, if only my job was different, if only I had more talent, if only I were more attractive, whatever it is, whatever if only you and I put in there, we deprive ourselves of the fulfillment, you got to get this, the fulfillment that God knows, the God that designed us, He knows we can have right now in this imperfect world with all of its injustice, with all of its challenges, with all of its hardships, with all of its setbacks as well as steps forward. We can have that fulfillment in every season. Paul said, I've learned. I've learned by experience. I've learned by experience. I can be content in any circumstance. I can go with, without having even food. Because Christ will get me through. If He wants me to live, I'll, I'll survive without food for a while. I've learned to be content in any and every circumstance. 
because I can do everything. I can face anything. I can do the will of God in any circumstance through Christ. I look at Him. I see the beauty of His life, the trustworthiness of His character. I see His sacrificial death for me. I see His rise from the dead. And He promises to raise me too so that in that new context to come, all the desires of my heart will be met forever. And I have confidence and I can endure whatever I have to endure for the sake of His name, to see His message go forward, to see it get into the hearts and lives of other people. I can do, Paul says, you can do, I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to close with an old story. I, I, I like it. I don't even know if it's true, but, but it's a good one, and it does make a point. story goes like this. There's this missionary couple, and they had been pioneer missionaries you know, in, in a land where the gospel of Jesus had never gone before, and they broke the language barrier and met the people, you know, the, these new tribe mission kind of settings, and they spent 50 years of their life on the mission field. Finally, health problems arose and they had to come home and they were back in the States. But they continued their ministry by reaching out to young missionary couples who were getting ready to go on the mission field. And they would have them at their house. And they had a little tiny cottage outside their, their own house where they would allow the new missionary couples to stay. So the story goes like this. This young, eager missionary couple were at their house and they were having dinner and they were just bombarding this, this you know, missionary couple with so many years of experience, 50 years experience warriors for Christ. They're bombarding them with question, 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 because they have not yet stepped onto the mission field yet. They're getting ready to go. And the couple graciously answers them all night long. And finally, the evening is over. And the wife of the missionary, the retired missionary couple, says to the young couple, as they're getting ready to go down to the cottage and sleep for the night, says, now, now listen, I want you guys to know, if there is anything at all, when you get down to your cottage, if there is anything at all that you need, please, 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 don't you hesitate. You come back up here and you knock, knock on this door and we will get right up. If you, if you, have, you find you anything down there that you need at all, you don't hesitate. You come knock on this door and wake us up. And when you do, we'll come and we'll show you how you can learn to do without it. Listen to me carefully. They said, we'll come. We'll come quick. We'll come in the middle of the night. And we'll show you how you can do without that thing you thought you needed. Paul says, I know what it was to have everything I needed, to have plenty, and I knew what it was to be in want. Are you in want? Is there some area in your life you say, oh, if I only had that, then I could be fulfilled. Paul says, not true. Christ is sufficient. The missionary couple said, we'll show you how you can do without. The Spirit of God wants to show some of us right now during this COVID period how to do without so that we will be free and fearless and we will serve God with, with a triumphant attitude knowing that Christ can minister and keep us strong inwardly and give us peace and give us joy and give us courage and give us steadfastness in any and every circumstance that we will serve God and serve man until our last breath no matter what our circumstance. My hope and desire as we close out this series for you, The Pathway to Wholeness, is that you have taken at least some of these steps in this series of messages to let God help you as He's helping me and continues to help me uh, resurface, surface some of these toxic conditions to get into us. We don't want them. They're there. 
these joy stealers, these peace stealers. He wants to surface them and help us get them resolved sufficiently so that we can progressively get on this pathway to wholeness. Jesus often said to people, by your faith you will be made whole. As we trust in Jesus, we'll progressively become more whole and we can step on to this path toward fulfillment right today. Some of you know, some of you know that, that this, is, this is a very pointed, special message the Spirit of God is sending directly, directly to you because you've been saying, no, 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 no. I have all kinds of reasons. I have legitimate reasons for being frustrated. I have legitimate reasons for being angry. I have re legitimate reasons. And the Spirit of God is saying, you probably do. Do you want to stay that way or would you rather be fulfilled? Because the truth is, if you let it go, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you can leave frustration and you can enter fulfillment. FCF, let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful for the certainty that because you, Lord Jesus, rose from the dead, we know there is another context, an eternal context, that makes all that we go through here in this life meaningful. Death does not end things. It does not steal the meaning. We thank you for this, Lord Jesus. We needed your resurrection. We needed to see the, the, the real evidence. And we are grateful for that. So now I pray that, that you will help the person who has been the most pulled down uh, through frustration to see that it's our choice. It's not about what's happening to us, but it's about lovely Spirit of God, what you're willing to do in us. Help us. Help us to own this. Help us to live this. Help us to step onto the path of wholeness. I ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, FCF.